श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय ग्रंथरा श्रीमद् भागवत गीता की जय इवनिंग वेलकम स्मॉल ग्रुप दिस इवनिंग सो नाइस टू बी विद यू वेलकम I'm going to speak from the Gita, Bhagavad Gita, in the tenth chapter. I'll be here for a couple of days, and then a little north of here. So, over the next few days, we'll discuss the so-called the four essential verses of Bhagavad Gita, Chatush Sloki of Simad Bhagavatam, of Simad Bhagavad Gita, as they are or have been referred to by. the most um revered Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur he has identified them as such in a sense following the idea that there are four essential verses of Srimad Bhagavatam and recently we discussed them at at quite some length as some of you are aware <clears throat> it's uh with regard to the bhagavatam of course one of the ways in which we as godia people feel we have a uh, good cause to refer to the bhagavat as a shruti text which the bhagavat itself does shruti saram ekam shruti means that which is heard and refers to what sometimes considered the primary uh, evidence with regard to revelation being a form of evidence of uh, a means of uh, knowing epistemologically speaking <clears throat> and of course the bhagavad gita is spoken by krishna so it is sometimes also thought of as a shruti and sometimes therefore also named the gita upanishad <clears throat> so at any rate four essential verses the There's three of you, huh? Oh, you're the older, the father. You must be the father. One, two, three. <laughs> I've seen you. I've met you before, right? and I've met your sons more times. But now you're. Oh, they're all brothers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, good enough. <laughs> okay. Well, he's the guru. He's the older brother, like the father. Anyway. So. Uh, Anyway, these verses are found here in the tenth chapter, and they follow, of course, then the, the ninth chapter, which is the center of the book. Eighteen chapters, as it consists of, and and the uh, the conclusion of the Gita the, is 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 given there in the ninth chapter, which is again repeated at the end in the in the eighteenth chapter, and. there in the uh ninth chapter and earlier as well in the seventh chapter um krishna has spoken to some extent about his majesty various ways in which he might be um known particularly uh, with regard to the to, to the to the world around us how he might look at the world and find cause uh, to remember him or know it in relation to him let it be a cause uh, 
that it may be a cause of of knowing him. Um, so this is called vibhuti. So this chapter is called vibhuti yoga, and Krishna goes into that in some greater depth. Um, and there's a purpose, of course, behind this. Uh, the uh, extent to which he speaks about his his majesty. We have two basic types of of bhakti. Bhakti that is Aishvarya Gyan and Madhurya Gyan. Aishvarya means majestic knowledge of God, which corresponds with reverential love of God. And then there's Madhurya Gyan, which means uh, really kind of sweet, literally sweet knowledge or uh, knowledge, uh, intimate knowledge of God, which affords then us relationship in intimacy. And it's this latter, that Godi type of love of God that Godi Vaishnavism is, is centered on. At the same time, that sweetness, sweetness, dvibhuj, the two-armed form of Krishna, sweet, human-like, accessible as, as he appears, rather than God-like with four arms, means he's God. Uh, he can do uh, what what we can't. Sometimes when the daughter pulls on the mother's apron and she says, I haven't got four arms. You have to wait. I'm, I'm only human. Something like that. So he has four arms and, uh, and he's God. So that's great, but he's a little, there's a distance between himself and ourselves. But in a sweet form, then he, he comes closer to us. He becomes more accessible, although it is it is considered to be a higher form. And that's mentioned here in the beginning of this chapter, shloka, the full manifestation of Bhagavan. It's also the one by which in which he, he comes closest to us, affords us most uh, intimacy and in relationship with him. So, while this is our ideal. Mm. This sweetness is only so because it has a background of majesty. In other words, when he who is all commanding and powerful, if you will, uh, becomes uh, readily accessible to us and comes to us on, almost on our terms, human-like, that's very charming. Mm. So, uh, the overall point in these chapters, these middle six chapters where the theology of the Gita is found, with regard to descriptions of, of his majesty on his, on his own part, is from the Gaudi perspective um, very much for the purpose of bringing us in the direction of love and intimacy. So the two are uh, not disconnected. We may have reverential love of God based on knowledge of his opulence, or we have knowledge of his opulence that comes to us in such a way as to foster love and intimacy. So this is the idea here, as we will see. And again, one of the ways in which Krishna is speaking about his majesty is by way of these uh, vibhutis, as it, they're called, powerful, in this case, welcome, 
powerful manifestations of nature that uh, he says, I am. Of, of immovable things, I am the Himalayas, of bodies of water, I am the ocean, and so forth. And so this chapter is, is called Vibhuti Yoga, as I said, the Vibhuti, his Vibhutis. He mentions his Vibhutis earlier, a little bit, I believe, in the ninth chapter and the seventh chapter. Here, in greater detail, and I've given some reason as, as to why, really, to foster love and intimacy, which has, while it is Madhurya Gyan, has a background of Aishvarya Gyan. A word, perhaps, uh, about this um, way in which he speaks about his opulence is in order. When he says, of bodies of water, I am the ocean, of of uh, immovable things, I am the Himalayas, and so on and so forth, uh, at some, some length. Um, he uh, kind of speaks about a, th- a theology that includes within it uh, animism, which is sometimes thought to be on the lower end of the spectrum of theological uh, possibilities, nature worship, identifying powerful manifestations of nature with divinity in as much as they um, cause us, uh, bring, bring about wonder within us or uh, provide for us. Largely, they, they bring about a, a sense of wonder. Um, if you go to the top of the peak and you look at the distance and you see the ocean and it's very awe-inspiring. So there are manifestations of nature that are coming in touch with, they they, they inspire us, they make us feel small. And uh, sometimes uh, among the non-theistic section of society, it's thought that, oh, I know what those God people, people who, theistic people, who say that they experience uh, God or something spiritual, what they're talking about. I had this experience. I went on top of them. I walked in the forest in Northern California and I saw the redwoods and I was, I felt like it was their world and I was in it rather than it was my world and everything was there for me to do with as I liked. And, had a shift in my thinking, and it was it was powerful. Hmm. Um, so they're right, but but only to uh, uh, an extent. That's not hardly the full measure of the uh, experience of of God that can be gathered by a systematic approach to to making union with our, if you will, consciousness source, our significant consciousness, other, it's a start. So it's kind of the low end here that he, he, he speaks about, ways in which we can identify manifestations of nature with him, or ways in which we naturally do, in a sense, by becoming coming in touch with them and feeling ourselves small and seeing, feeling that there's something greater that life consists of than ourselves, and it's venerable. It's all inspiring. We are dependent upon it to some extent. This is the idea. 
So it's interesting, of course, that in the context of this description of himself in relation to nature, that this chapter is largely about, that these four verses come and they speak about the highest, from the Gaudi perspective, theological the highest possibility of, of union and a very uh, uh, deep and high uh, theological um, idea, if you will, in comparison to the more simplistic idea on the other end of the spectrum, as I say, of identifying powerful manifestations of nature as something we're dependent upon and worshipping them, worship mountain worship, um, as, as may be the case and so forth. If we look at those systems of thought uh, that are not very developed theologically as uh, what Krishna wants to talk about in these four verses is love in intimacy with, with the Godhead. So it's interesting, as I say, that, that, that in the context of this Vibhuti Yoga chapter, we find this. And the first verse of it, we find... Um, the key point to a theology that speaks of the possibility of intimacy in relationship with the Absolute. Um, right here in the first verse of the four uh, nutshell verses, and what he says in the first line of that, he also confirms at the end of the chapter when he sums up this Vibhuti Yoga. Hmm? He says what? Ekam sena jagat. Ekam sena. And here he says in the first verse we're going to discuss tonight, Aham sarva prabhavo mata sarvam pravartate. Ekam sena jagat. These two have some correspondence. Hmm? So he ties together these, this lower end kind of introductory way of, of uh, identifying with, uh, with God, the fact that we're dependent entities and so forth through powerful manifestations of nature, and um, this high theological idea of love and intimacy with the Absolute, where Bhagavan, the Godhead, is conquered by the love of his devotee and so forth. That's so central to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. He ties these two together with what is the real cornerstone, philosophically speaking, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, mentioned in the Bhagavatam, in that one line, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Here it is said in another way, Om Sarvasya Prabhava. I am the source of everything. The end of the chapter says, Ekam Jagat. All these powerful manifestations of nature that I talk about, some of them, there's more, but uh, I've spoken about them. All this put together is but a Ekamsena, uh, Amsa, Ekamsa, a fraction of, of me. Hmm? Um, even the, the source of that is the fraction of me. He's saying, really, Mahavishnu, he's a, the fraction of me. Um, and so, I am, he says here, I am the source of everything. I am the source, everything comes from me. From issuing, from, from aham, me, is uh, everything. Itimat, uh, hamsa rasya prabhu matasarvam prabhartate. Hmm? 
he kind of says it uh, again. I'm the source of everything. For me, everything proceeds. A very r- r- strong uh, statement, of course. It's a, it's a theological statement that we have to exercise, I, I suppose you could say, some belief in. Um, in comparison to, as I've often said, the earlier chapters of the Gita, before the theology of the Gita, we we find a, a kind of a dissertation on the nature of being. First six chapters emphasize, to use the Upanishadic aphorism, tattvamasi, uh, they, they, they emphasize tvam, and the second six chapters where the theology is found, they emphasize tat. Tvam means you, and tat means him. It means you are his. Tattvamasi, you are his. So you are emphasized, and then whose you are <laughs> is emphasized in the middle six chapters. <clears throat> we are a dependent entity. But it's very important to know who we are. Who we are means what we are also, and what and largely what we're not, as discussed there. So who we are is dis- in the first six chapters is described in kind of a generic way. Because we are pretty much the same. And real and substantial differences between us are a result of the ingress of of him, if you will, of the Godhead, into our lives. Hmm? This is an important uh, point. We are units of, according to the Gita's first six chapters, of course, we're we're consciousness, we're not matter. Hmm? Consciousness is described there as not being this and not being that. Neti, neti. It's not this. It can't be burned. It can't. It, it doesn't die. It, it doesn't wither in the wind. It doesn't do this. It doesn't do that. Um, in effect, you can say the first six chapters don't say anything about it. <laughs> they say about what it's not. But to say about what it's not is to say much about it at the same time. It's to say we can't say much about it hmm? because words cannot do justice to that. We cannot say much about it, we cannot describe it, we cannot define it, because there's nothing like it to compare it to. It's different from everything in the world. It's not a thing. That's not part of the objective world. It is... uh, 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 the subjective side. Subjective side becomes, oh, very intangible, suddenly. Oh, uh, secret. Uh, What can you know about another's thoughts? Even if you know another's thoughts, can you feel them? Hmm? Even though I could know your thoughts, can I experience them? Hmm? The way you do, private Hmm. consciousness, private uh, and... uh, uh, it's starting. It, it's pri- as we speak about it that way. It starts to take on a little more. It becomes tangible to us, but it, it's largely it's kind of intangible because it's not a thing, as I say. Hmm? It's what uh, gives things meaning. 
And so we're, we're of that. So these ways of trying to talk about something that words cannot do justice, the thought cannot apprehend, hmm? this, this substance is not something that is less, it, the implication is it's something that is more. Hmm? And as I've oftentimes said, cannot be reduced uh, to matter. Hmm? Getting some, having describing the nature of being in this way, in the first six chapters, he makes it, Krishna makes, it's not a dissertation on believing. Hmm? You should believe this, you should believe that. It's on the nature of being. They said, you, Tuam, you are consciousness, not matter. Hmm? And, of course, this is not an old topic. It's, it's an old topic, but it's a new topic. It's a relevant topic in today's world. It's, it's perhaps the most relevant topic. Hmm? What is it? mean to be that a conscious being as I've said before what is the most profound experience that we have in the world what is the most profound experience that you've had if we were to think about it I think we could say the most profound experience we've had is that is that we experience we're in a, we're a unit of experiencing capacity and there are things that are experienced. We are different. This is that's very, very profound. Uh, of course, we don't think about it too much. So we think about things being the most extraordinary experiences, which preoccupied as much as we are preoccupied with, we, we we lose sight of the fact that we're an experience. We start to identify with the things and and uh, lose sight of our prospect our possibilities, which are so extraordinary in comparison to things. They have some motion, things, the world, but from our perspective, of course, they're set in motion and then have motion and causal efficacy to some extent. So, he, want, he talks about it very beautifully there, of course, in such a way that prepares the ground for the believing that's required here in, this, in the middle chapters. Because now he starts, first he talks about you, and if you hear it in good association, you think, yeah, that's what I am. That's talking about me in terms of the more that I feel that I am, that there's more to life than what meets the eye and the mind, and that's me. It's us. It's It's... It's, it's consciousness coming to the fore in human life like it hasn't in less complex species of life and starting to question about itself. And it feels it's, it's more. Hmm? And it is. And so it's very confirming a human uh, int intuition, and, uh, if you will. Hmm? And then tries to speak about it in a, in a systematic, reasonable Way you are of the nature of consciousness, and also we hear about this. I mean, what our possibilities are now are so extraordinary in comparison to what we were thinking we were and what we could be and do. And you know, only in America, you know, you can be the president. You know, it becomes a small thing. You know, it's pretty small as it is, but <laughs> but it used to, there used to be song like that, and you know, and people would would think you know the immigrant can come and become a president. Now I don't know if immigrants can get in or not. <laughs> 
Well, it's a debate, but anyway, uh, what your possibilities are, hmm? just ex- increased exponentially, unlimitedly, hmm? uh, it would appear, and as we move into the middle seven chapters, they expand again. Hmm? Because in the first six chapters, that self is talked about. Hmm? We're described as an individual unit of consciousness, but we're really not any described as being any different from one another. Hmm? We're all one, and that we're all units of consciousness. Hmm? Uh, we have an illusory difference by way of identification with matter, which causes us to think, uh, I'm a resident, I'm an immigrant, or uh, you know, as may be the case. Um, but here in the six chapters, now, middle six chapters, uh, the theology comes in, and and he, and him, he, uh, is, is spoken about. It, our potential increases even even more. Hmm? Now we can be different from one another, hmm? and, and this is what is also mentioned in this first verse. <laughs> Some differences. Sakya, Patsalya, Madhurya, Dasya. These are the differences. These are the, these are the possibilities. Hmm? And within them, unlimited possibilities. Hmm? Welcome. So, what I want to say here is that he's giving good reason to believe. He's talked about in a very reasonable way that your consciousness not matter, and we, we are on the edge of our seat to think what our possibilities are. Now he speaks about himself in such a way, ultimately in these chapters, as to say, and and I I love you. I'm your source, and I love you. And we may have, in in in, in relation to me, by the ingress of my swarup shakti, my internal potency that bhakti is constituted of, into you. Hmm. Which I offer you. This is about bhakti. Hmm. And you you have a potential uh, to to be far more than uh, you could be unto yourself. Even when unto yourself you're pretty uh, extraordinary. Hmm. It's something like, let's say, a young man falls in love. He's the same guy, but he's different. Well, so he sure feels different. <laughs> he feels much more confident and much more possibilities uh, in, in, his, in his life uh, that he can uh, attain. And, uh, and so he's not a different person, but this, it's not a, uh, it's a subjective kind of um, union. It's not like mixing apples and oranges. It's, it's medi- mi- mixing satchitananda with sandini, samvit ladini, which is like satchitananda on on steroids or something like that. Hmm? Uh, this this is bhakti. Hmm? Krishna exists in, 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 in exists. So the, the nature of his existence is we exist, but the nature of his existence existence is extraordinary. Sat means existence. Hmm? Sandini means kind of an extraordinary existence. We we are a unit of knowing. Chit, he's he knows, some bit, 
in an extraordinary way. His, his bhakti knows, I should say. Uh, and his bhakti, his bhakti provides such an existence for him, and such a knowing. The knowing, the knowing, oh, the knowing that bhakti provides increases the knowing of Krishna. This is a very extraordinary idea. Like I said before, Krishna is omniscient. He knows everything. He says it right here. Hamsa Rasya Prabhu. I know everything. Everything comes from me means I know everything. It came out of me. I know it well. Hmm? Mother says, I know you like nobody knows you. <laughs> you came from me. <laughs> uh, I know what you're like. Hmm? So, uh, he knows everything. Hmm? Of course, knowing everything is is problematic because it's boring. You can't try it, but you can imagine it. You know everything, then what? So you have to play. Well, that is Leela. Who knows everything, plays. And he plays, like I've said before, very hard. So he doesn't know. He doesn't know that he knows everything. He knows I'm the son of Yashoda. He knows I need Radha in my life. These are the things he knows. This kind of knowing is the knowing of bhakti, its influence, that transcends the knowing of omniscience. It's more, it's an unknowing that is a greater knowing, inasmuch as knowing is only meaningful, and as much as it makes us happy. It, it satisfies us. Hmm? It, he's most satisfied as the son of Yashoda, as the, as the, the, uh, the, the romantic uh, partner of Radha. This is a very extraordinary, this knowing, this is the kind of... Know, so that on a plane of extraordinary existence, that trans-spatial, exist, timeless existence, hmm? uh, Sandini, hmm? all things possible there. A kind of knowing that the Bhagawan is, is under the influence of. And what kind of ananda? A kind of knowing that, that, that uh, fosters such uh, uh, bliss. How, 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 he only knows, I said this other night, it's worth repeating, he only knows, Krishna only knows. What else does he know? Other than, I'm the son of Yashoda. Really, the extent to which he's omniscient beyond that is enough to know that serious sadhakas want to know him in that way. Hmm? That is their ideal. He, 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 he takes note of that. That gets his attention. Hmm? Otherwise... There are other manifestations of himself by which he knows other things and and so forth. He's talking about this form of himself here when he says, Aham Sarvasya Prabhupada. I am Swayam Bhagwan. I am the source of, of of Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagwan. Narayan, my Bilas Murti, in Bhaikuntu, who accepts reverential love, who feels some compassion, the desire to exercise compassion has no one to do it in relation to because everyone's liberated 
Therefore, the material world is manifest that he might. And he takes a form there as Mahavishnu. All the, I'm the source of all these manifestations of divinity and the worlds and and the, the jivas that are in the different realms and so on. So I am Swayam Bhagavan. Hmm? I, this is my extraordinary position of omniscience. And knowing this is a key to worship me in such a way hmm, that one can know me as I am. Hmm? And in that, from that position, that's the only thing I'm interested in. I'm interested in the love of Radha, and those who are interested in Radha's love for me, Jashoda's love for me, Subal's love for me, they are people who want to know about me. Other people don't aren't, want something from me, but they're not interested in me. So, correspondingly, I'm not that interested in them either. People approach me for all kinds of things. Eternal life is a small thing. Take it. You want things? Take them. I give things. You want to get rid of things? Okay. We'll take the things away. And you can be. Hmm? Uh, if you want to worship me and keep that far away from me, that's what he said. You don't, you don't want me, you want things. You don't want me, you want to live eternally. Okay. You want me at some distance. Okay. Hmm? Reverential love means at some distance. Because in reverential love, the object of love exists. The object of worship exists, I should say. The worshiper exists. And the method of worship is very obvious. Om, Him, Ram, Shrim, Plim, Namaha. Hmm? It's not like mom says, come on, eat. It's getting cold. Come and eat. It's not like that. It's Om, Prim, Shrim, Ram, Pushpa, Yum, lights, bells, hmm? sitting in different positions, making funny things like, you know, mudras, <laughs> all this sign language and stuff like that. Okay, something's going on here. Uh, it's, this, is, this is different. God is being worshipped. So the worship is very prominent, obvious. The worshiper is there. Up, up, he's up high. He's on the throne. He's, and, and then the worshiper is down here. Right? Falling on the ground and so forth. So some people want me at a distance. Okay, but that doesn't really get me. <laughs> It doesn't really keep me awake at night. Hmm? They keep me in a in a closet, <laughs> and sometimes they open the door, <laughs> something like that, so for their entertainment. I mean, it gets that bad, but at the higher end, of course, it's it's quite beautiful. But hmm, it's not about me. It's not about me. What I'm about, how I feel about myself. I'm the son of Yashoda. Hmm? And so those who want to know me like that, Yashoda Nandan, Sham Sundar, they, they want, they, I'm interested in them because they're interested in me. Hmm? So I'm 
in my position as Yashoda Nandan, Nandan Nandanan, hmm? I'm an omniscient enough to hear their prayers. So you have to really want to be, to attain that ideal, hmm? to get his attention. Hmm? And enter into a kind of knowing, an, 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 and enter into ultimately kind of unknowing that is the end of knowing. But as I said, the, the principal means, the, the key to entering in there is first knowing. We're talking about knowing this now. Knowing that he doesn't know himself. Okay, that's who we're after. We, he, he doesn't really know himself. But then again, that kind of unknowing, again, is the most comprehensive knowing. So we, we, we sort all this out. It starts, Ahamsavasya Prabhupada, and you start, Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam. Same statement. Krishna's the source of everything. Hmm? Uh, it's uh, somewhat of a hard sell at first because, you know, wh- wh- what does he look like? There he is, he's playing a flute, you know, he's uh, herding cows, uh, he's being tied up by his mother, and we want to say, this is the source of everything. Okay. Um, source of everything, the controller of everything. But as I've said before, of course, in other discussions, uh, there are different ways by which we can uh, control. We can control physically by tying somebody up, and you know you're being physically controlled and it's uncomfortable and you protest. We could, co- we could control you mentally in a way that you didn't realize you were being controlled by manipulation, psychological manipulation. A friend has to come and say, get out of there. He's not good for you. you know, it's, uh, and, and so you, you, know, you, you, you could be more comprehensively controlled and, and not realize it hmm? mentally. So by, by, by body, by mind, and we want to say by love. Hmm? Another way of controlling. Hmm? When... The, the point being here, the, the higher, the more comprehensive the control, the less apparent that one is being controlled. If I'm controlled physically, it's apparent I'm being controlled. If I'm controlled in a more sophisticated way mentally, it may not be apparent to me. Hmm? And if I'm controlled by love, it's not apparent that I'm controlled at all. Hmm? I feel like I'm doing what I want. I'm being all that I can be. If anything, I feel like I might be controlling the one who loves me because if you're controlled by love, then that which is controlling you is also controlled by you. So this is a healthy form of control. And it is this way in which Krishna controls. This is the meaning of Krishna. Bhagavan, Vishishta, Guna, Vishishta. Jiva Goswami says, irresistible, all attractive, irresistible. Hmm? Charm, beauty, by affection, he's controlling. Hmm? He's only playing. He doesn't have the forearms and various weapons and so forth. There's different gods and goddesses are depicted. So how is he a controller? Hmm? Uh, how is he the most powerful from which everything is coming? Because in order to play, you have to have power. Hmm? You have to have, as I've many times said, you have to have money in the bank if you want to play and take a vacation. That's power. Hmm? 
So one who is only playing, arguably, is all, all powerful. So he controls by his play, by love, by affection. He's in love. So it's not that hard of a sell. Then we say, what are we saying? Controls the world. What is what? What makes the world go round? Readily, people say, "Well, love makes the world go round." Hmm? Round and round it goes. Hmm? We're saying this, but we are. But Krishna says here, "This is the wise love, Buddha Bhava Samanvita." Hmm? Yes, love makes the world go round, but we've reasoned about it for chapters and chapters. What you are, hmm? what, what is consciousness? What am, what is what am I? How I make ingress into you, into your life, and so forth, and and and, and so on. It's culminating in this this kind of wise love. And so to say that the world goes round is love makes the world go round is kind of a saying, a truism, or whatever a, a feeling. We want to philosophize about that, theologize about that, play out the implications of that. Okay, so the common question. You're saying Krishna is the source of the world. So then they give that kind of silly question. Who's the source of Krishna? God made the world. Who made Krishna? Who made God? Hmm? This is a common... Of course, simple argument or answer is, well, we know the world is, a ca- is caused, but that doesn't mean that God has to be caused. God is the uncaused cause. Hmm? Just because that you know the world is caused doesn't mean that its cause has to be caused. That's not reasonable. Hmm? It doesn't follow logically. But then, from the Gaudi perspective, we can we can answer the question differently. Of course, Krishna says here the world comes from him. So if somebody asks, "Where does Krishna come from?" What do we say? From Radha. Hmm? Where does Radha come from? From Krishna. What is Radha and Krishna? Radha Krishna Pranay Bhikriti Ladini Shakti Rasmad. Radha Krishna Pranay Bhikriti. Pranay Bhikriti means Bhikriti means like like transformation. Pranay, a transformation of of love. It's a specific word yeah, that Rupa Goswami has used in. Uh, to describe love, we, I won't go into detail, but in a general sense, love, a transformation of love, a particular kind of transformation of love. Radha is a transformation of Krishna's love. Hmm? Now, you can't have a love lover without a beloved. There's no meaning to the two. So the two are there, and they're interdependent. And so they cause, in a sense, one another. Hmm? A, a beloved causes a lover to be a lover, and 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 the beloved causes the the teacher causes the student to be a student, and the student causes the teacher to be a teacher, so to speak. You can't. So, so uh, this is our brilliant answer <laughs> to the question: Where does Krishna come from? From Radha? Where does Radha come from? From Krishna. Hmm? Um, so we're trying, trying to like talk about this idea that Krishna is giving here. That he's the source of the world in, in, a, in a way that 
that can we can get a little bit of a of a grip on it. Hmm? Uh, um, we have, as I say, in our everyday experience, the, the, the feeling, the sense that that there are more important things than the forces of gravity and uh, electromagnetism and so forth from the objective world. The subjective world of consciousness, is, we, we, feel, we sense, is causal. Hmm? There's, uh, there's um, there, the, 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 this atma is an agent of action, and, and, and of course Krishna speaks about it like this much differently than than, than the prominent thinking in in um, philosophy of mind or neuroscience today. But uh, but yes, we, we think differently about that, and for, and for good reason. This is, as I say, detailed to a large extent in the first six chapters. Consciousness is not reducible to matter, and so forth. So, so we want to speak about the natural world as Krishna sees only in, here in this chapter, only in a way that it will shed light the objective world, that it will shed light on the subjective world and its possibilities, and so forth. Hmm? So we feel the forces of the world are dasyam, sakyam, vatsalyam, madhuryam. These are the real forces that really make the world go round, that animate us, and that drive us uh, to do the things that we do. And we, we want to then focus those forces on loving um, subjective feelings, if you will, on us, on, on, uh, a, 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 an object by which they will reach their full potential. Hmm? This is the idea of Krishna, hmm? the source of the world. Love makes the world go round. Hmm? He says, "Aham sabrasya prabhu, matasaram pavartate." Because I'm the cause, of the, I'm the source of the world of everything. Everything issues from me. Pujapatrida Mershon's commentary in this verse like to emphasize that, and he follows to some extent the lead of Vishwana Chakrati Thakur, that, that the seminal commentator on the Gita in our, our lineage, that I am the source of everything. I am also including the source of knowing me. Hmm? I may be known if I make myself known, otherwise not. And I make myself known by the principle of guru. Acharjamam bijani I am the guru, he says. I am the guru. Uh, this is, of course, uh, a profound point. Generally here he's saying by this, I can be known on my terms. If I want to be known, I can be known. Otherwise not. It's not a a, 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 a effort-based uh, struggle to arrive at the top type of uh, theology. No effort that you make will be sufficient to know me. If I care to be known, then I will be known on my terms. Make effort that I might that you might get grace and thus be known. Let the effort be to attain to attain grace. This is the idea. Everything comes from me. It will know me if, to the extent that I 
I want to be known. Hmm? And this is the way in which I make myself known through the Guru. This is so. This is some very important points here. This, uh, theologically, he says, philosophically, he says, I am the Guru. Hmm? In our community of Gaudi of Vaishnavism, which is varied, of course, hmm? uh, such a big topic, the Guru, the very source of our knowing, if you will, means primary means of knowing, in that this is the prominent, most prominent manifestation of revelation. It's, scripture is a form of revelation, but it's a passive agent of divinity, whereas the sadhu, the guru, is, a, is an active agent of divinity. The book can't, you can read, but it can't ask you if you understood and follow up on that. Hmm? Make sure you understood. So, arguably, then hmm, these two are in, 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 intertwined. Obviously, the text and the teacher, but and the teacher is is is, is a more prominent, the most prominent manifestation of uh, revelation. And Krishna is saying, and, and, and while that's true, the principle of guru, guru tattva, we say, the, we'll say the principle of guru, as much as it is not understood as much as it will be the cause of our continued bondage. Hmm? That's very incredible. If we misunderstand this principle, hmm? the very principle that comes to deliberate us hmm? and, 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 and give us the, 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 uh, afford us the prospect of love hmm? becomes the source of our bondage. Greater bondage then we were in before we met uh, Sri Guru. So you better understand this. Hmm? So misunderstanding this principle, hmm? this is this is a huge problem. This is foundational to our our spiritual life, and we find it in our larger Gaudiya community. A lot of misunderstanding about this. It's very very important. Hmm? For example, just to use a crude example, we we may feel. And we should, that our guru is the best. Hmm? Otherwise, <laughs> we're in the wrong place. Right? We should feel that our guru is the best. But we should feel that our guru is the best for us. Hmm? Small caveat, but it's a, there, but it's a huge difference. Because if we feel my guru is the best, and then I have to say, and your guru is not the best, which is which is the implication. If my guru is the best, absolutely speaking, not relatively speaking, without any caveat, without any footnote. If my guru is the best, absolutely, that means your guru is not the best, and and and, and now. But every guru is, to one extent or another, Krishna says, I am the guru. Hmm? When Krishna says, I am the acharya in the 11th canto, this acharya mambiyani, he's speaking about a, a, a kula guru, a family guru, in the context of Varnashram. Not necessarily a, a sadguru in Gaudiya Vaishnavism and so forth. So he, he says this principle should be respected hmm, throughout. 
so if I say my guru is the best, absolutely, then I'm, and I'm saying yours is not, I'm offending the very principle of guru. Hmm? So best for me. I may think best for others too, but, but I keep it to myself, <laughs> something like that. And I honor their own subjective experience. When I personally, whenever I meet anyone who's initiated by someone else, I find, I ask, who's your guru? And I know a lot of them, so if I, if I know them, I try to say something nice about them. Some, some, some mahima, some, some glorification of them. Or if I don't, then I want to know about them, something like that. So, this is just a small point, but it's 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 a it's a large point at the same time. We see a little bit of misunderstanding here, and so many problems can come. The sectarianism will come, and in the name of worshiping the guru, I'm offending the very principle of guru, and uh, and, um, and 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 as Krishna says, I'm the guru, I, and Chaitanya Charitamrita said it another way, that I send the guru. Ramanda Brahmite Khonba Givanjib Guru Krishna Prasadi Pai Bhakti Latavid. The Jeev is wandering in the world, I make him fortunate. How? By manifesting in front of him in that form of Guru. And then by the grace of God he gets the Guru, by the grace of the Guru he gets God. So we shouldn't interfere with God's work. God brings the Guru. And different degrees or manifestations of the principle of Guru to different people in the larger picture that only he is acquainted with as to one's background and the whys of that and so forth. Hmm? Why you'll get one guru or another guru, hmm? it's difficult to reason about. That'll all be known in the end. Hmm? It all makes sense to you. Hmm? It'll all make sense to you then. Now, to whatever extent it come, that manifestation of divinity becomes come before it, we should honor that. Hmm? And then honor it to the, as it appears in the lives of others, so to speak. If we cannot honor it to the same extent, we keep some distance, but we, we, we honor nonetheless. Hmm? So this, uh, you can see not understanding this principle can, can be a cause of sectarianism and uh, within, a, within a spiritual community. And um, uh, vilification in the name of glorification and so forth. Uh, it's a big, big problem. Hmm. So, here, it's addressed to some extent. I am the guru. Oh. You see, this. Is, everybody says, well, we worship Krishna. But Krishna is saying, I am the guru, and I'm more present in the form of the guru than I am, really, in any other way for you, because I've come to you in a tailored way and so forth. And so, it's a very important uh, point. Hmm. I say, the guru can be the cause of greater bondage because I was in bondage. It's one thing. I met the guru as a chance for my liberation. Now I tr- trampled on that and misunderstood it, and abused it, and so forth. Now I'm in like in negative numbers. I was at zero. Now I'm in negative numbers. And the more I misunderstand it and clamor on with my misunderstanding, this becomes this this. I become that much further uh, in bondage. Huge problem. Very important to understand. So in a very general way, Krishna makes this important point here that can help us in this regard. I am the guru. 
Now what? Well, everybody, okay, <laughs> we should honor the, the, the guru, hmm? Wherever, or to whatever extent yeah. that uh, guru principle is present. We may say, I don't think he's a guru. I don't think she's a guru, but somebody else does. Then we look and see, is that person under that, in that situation growing in bhakti? Then okay. Hmm? Maybe they will only grow so far under that guidance, but anyway, right now they should honor that. That's, that's causing him to grow right there, right then, right now. Hmm? If that guru's realization may not be complete and so forth, that person's all he's got all they can digest there. So, this is the general principle. This is a this is a better way to go forward. We want to militate against um, deception and so forth. <laughs> this, this is not the best way to go about that. It's better to be a little generous hmm? um, in in our in our dealings. And uh, let, let God take care of, of everything. Instead of we want to get in and say, shouldn't hear here, shouldn't hear there, and, this is, uh, and so on and so forth. Better to be a little generous about that. People are finding people will anyway. People will go where they want to go. People will go where their hearts are taken. Hmm? We want to militate against where their where their heart should be and so forth. This is not a good.